When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Off The Tee, where we just dive into all that's going on in just the wonderful world of golf. And as always, there is plenty to discuss and no better person to discuss it with than the former world number 16, the only man with the two-zip record in match play golf against Tiger Woods. I speak, of course, of Nick Ahern. Nick, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Plenty going on again. A lot, as per usual. (laughs) Tell you one thing that, and you might be able to tell me this. When you look back uh, on your time in golf and when we look back on the history of golf, I'm just going to hazard a guess and say that the book of feuds in golf, it wouldn't be a large book, would it? Like, it wouldn't be a whole lot. I mean, there'd be some players that didn't get along or whatever, but by and large, it's been pretty genteel. It's been quite collegiate. <laughs> but the world we live in right now is not so. It's it's like it's Ryder Cup week every week, basically. I mean, some of the best feuds in golf have, have happened in those team events and confrontations, mm. you know, when Europe versus America. And, and we're kind of seeing it all the time at the moment. It's it's fascinating stuff. It is. Uh, so there's plenty to get through uh, today. Of course, there's always something to discuss when it comes to live. Uh, we're going to get you uh, to give us some of your knowledge. Uh, Nick's tip of the week from how to play your best golf. We'll... Uh, You'll get us to take us through your favourite holes in a course that you can go and play a simulator of at Big Swing Golf. So there is plenty to talk about. Uh, But let's start with the biggest tournament that was played uh, during the week, the BMW PGA Championship. It's the jewel in the crown of the DP World Tour. And there was a lot being spoken about in the lead up to this. Rory McIlroy didn't miss a chance to have a crack at the live guys who were playing, saying they'll be pretty tired come day four, given they're normally used to playing the 54-hole events now. As it turns out, it was a 50-hole-four-hole event anyway. Um, So, And Billy Horschel didn't miss when he said that he didn't think that the players who had won never been playing on the DP World Tour, um, whether it be Abraham Anser and a couple of others, should be playing now to try and keep their ranking points. John Rahm was disappointed. Uh, he was okay with some of his Ryder Cup colleagues being there, but by and large thought that if you hadn't been a DP World Tour person and you were just there for ranking points, then maybe you shouldn't be there at all. And he had some friends miss out because of the live players that came in to play. And so there was a lot uh, in the build-up. In the end, it was described as one for the good guys uh, from Shane Lowry, who had a one-shot win from Ireland, a very popular player, but... He called it one for the good guys. How did you see it? Yeah. No, it, it was an interesting week all around. As you mentioned, those other players, Ram, I mean, he's one of his closest friends, was first alternate uh, Spanish player, and unfortunately he didn't get in, and, and he's trying to maintain his card. As it turned out, another friend of Ram's, or maybe he's not a friend anymore, is Sergio Garcia, withdrew after the first round, and then all of a sudden shows up in Texas, uh, watching Texas-Alabama play football. It was just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And we'll... 
we'll we'll get to oh, we'll that. Get to but, that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, early on in the week, Keith Pelly, the commissioner of the European Tour, they had the players' meeting, which is the annual uh, meeting that they have, especially at this event. It happens every year. Some of the live players were there, Ian Poulter, um, you know, some of those type, Westwood and all those, and they asked some pretty poignant questions about the European Tour and the direction it's heading and things like that. And apparently I heard Commissioner Pelly handled, handled himself with aplomb and was fantastic throughout the entire uh, the entire meeting. So. Was there an indication? Because they, they, there's a, a bit of a stay of execution at the moment that's allowing some of the live players to have played in this event. And whilst there has been some bands put in place, they haven't been as um, they haven't been as strict the DP World Tour as the PGA Tour have. So yeah, they're, they're still a bit up in the air. So was there an indication given from the commissioner no. about which direction they would take and what course of action they want to take with the live defectors? Well, it's an ongoing lawsuit in that regard mm. for the for the European players to play on the European tour, the ones that have defected to the, or if you want to call it defected, to the to the live tour. I think, you know, there's, there's this divide, you know, especially even it was a great instance this week. Amongst the players, they had this sort of categories in a way. There was... There was these players that are past uh, European champions, Ryder Cup stalwarts. A lot of the players feel, yep, no problem. You can come and play. You've supported the tour. There are these other players who have been around for a little while and have defected and gone over. And then the other group, the the, the answers, the Gooches, who have never even played a European tour event in their life. Mm. Why are they here? So there's a bit of animosity going on there early on in the week. You had uh, Ian Poulter and Billy Horschel having a, a very heated discussion it seemed, but I didn't see much in that, to be honest. Maybe they were just talking about the football. I know Horschel's a big West Ham United <laughs> fan and, and Polter's a Polter's a, a Arsenal fan. So, you know, maybe they were talking about their centre-half back. So who, who knows? I mean, they tried to build that up a little bit as well. Well, Ian Poulter was one of the players that Billy Horschel had a crack at in the lead-up, as he did to most of the, the live tour players that were there. I had a look at that, and it was a fan who had caught that on camera. Um. Yeah, I, you couldn't hear much, no, and if and if and and they were close enough, I think that if there was a really heated conversation happening, then you would hear it. Mm. Certainly, didn't seem to be voices raised. I think at no. one point, Ian Poulter has his hand on, um, has his um, has his hand on the chest, um, of Billy Horschel. But apart from that, yeah, it, it, I don't think there was anything in it. Um, but even, anyway. if, even if they were discussing all of this situation. How many of those conversations do you think are happening oh. every single week between players who have gone, players who haven't gone, those who have had opinions and, and, and those who have been the brunt of those opinions? I would imagine that that's probably one of, what, 30, 40 conversations that have gone on over the course of the tournament? Oh, I would imagine. And it's happening a lot more on the European tour because players are actually playing in their events. On the PGA tour, they're not allowed to play. So the, you know, the Americans that are playing in the live, they can't go out and play PGA Tour events. So those conversations aren't happening there. And it's, it, it is what it is. That, that's fine. But it was a fascinating tournament. I mean, Wentworth is one of those historic of golf courses that used to hold the World Match Play Championship many years ago. I've played many of these PGA Championships there at Wentworth, so I know the course really well, even though it's been redesigned quite a lot What's recently. your best finish? I finished third one year, shot uh, 63 last round, almost did a bit of a Patrick Reed because he shot 63 <laughs> and almost <laughs> snuck up there. But uh, he finished fifth, I think, this week, as it turned out. But it was a fantastic event. I mean, there's no player I love watching more, or probably there's two two players I really love watching when they're in full flight, and they both happen to be Irishmen. One is Shane Lowry and one is Rory McIlroy. And 
And for them to go one and two, and Ram obviously finished uh, in a tie for third, a tie for second with yep. McElroy. He almost stole the show. He he had an amazing round of golf. Shot sixty two, and had twenty eight. 20, sorry, 29, eight under on the back nine because it's a par 37. I keep thinking it's a par 36, but he shot eight under on the back nine with two eagles and a bogey. So he posted the clubhouse lead 16 under about two hours ahead of all the leaders that are coming in. And he almost sort of thought to himself, I don't think it's low enough, but it was a lot tighter than what it actually ended up. Larry played an amazing back nine, hit a couple of clutch shots into the last green, two putted for his birdie. And then McElroy had the chance to... Uh, to send it into extra holes. He hit a beautiful iron shot, middle of the green, 20 feet. His putt looked like it was going in, and the eagle putt just hung on the edge. But I think the organisers were probably fairly happy because there wasn't much daylight left, and I don't think they would have got a playoff in. No, and uh, it was Rory, Shane Lowry, and John Rahm, along with Billy Horschel, who were the most vocal in their uh, opposition to the, the to a, a, to not all but most of the live players being there, and it was varied amongst them. But Shane Lowry did say he can't stand that the live players are in the field, which is why he said it's one for the good guys. Um, this was him uh, after he'd secured that win, um, and this is a guy who's a major winner in his own right, incredibly popular uh, on tour. This is him speaking about his win. I was trying to, I, I got to sixteen, and I was trying to get past that but then I had to you know worry about Rory behind me because he could do anything down the last few holes uh, you know how good he is but uh, yeah I'm just uh, I just tried my best I just tried to to hit shots I said to my coach this morning uh, you know I need to just allow myself to play golf today I need to just I'm playing the best golf of my life I need to just allow myself to do that and I did that winning is always an emotional experience we can see that from your reaction were the circumstances this tournament was played in, did they heighten those emotions? I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, you know, I made no secrets as to how I feel about the whole thing at the start of the week. And um, I wanted to go out and win this tournament for myself, first and foremost. But I think for this tour and, you know, everyone that has stayed loyal to this tour and everyone that's done everything for this tour, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, this is, this is one for the good guys. It certainly was one for the good guys. Congratulations, Thanks. Shane. Well Cheers. played. Thank you. One for the good guys. Yeah, it was a great comment there at the end there where he just he felt, you know, he was almost winning it for his tour because he's, it was almost a win for everyone who stayed loyal to the European tour. And, again, I think a lot of the players, you talk to Larry and you talk to a lot of those top players, they don't begrudge players going and playing live. That's, that's their choice. But what they don't like is them trying to come back and then play the tour and double dip and then, you know, affect these other players who are trying to make a living and stay loyal to their own tour. You know, I've just come up with an idea for another golfing event. <laughs> Go on. Top five or top four finishing in the DP tour, top four in the PGA tour and the top four finishes in the live tour all play a tournament against each other. And it's an individual and team event. Mm. So the individuals fight it out. And then you fight it out for team points as well, for ultimate tour supremacy. <laughs> there might be a crossover with the PGA Tour and the DP. <laughs> Could be. Could be. We'll figure all that out. Or if it, hey, even if it's just PGA versus live, um, let's, you know, whatever happened to let's settle this on the course. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Well, I know a few players would have loved to have, uh, you know, settled things with Sergio. That's for sure. Because he, as I mentioned earlier. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, the, the leaderboard, as you mentioned, it's Shane Lowry with a one shot win, uh, tied for second McElroy, John Rahm, who you mentioned. Taylor Gooch, who's one of the live. He was one of the live guys seeking those world ranking points. And guess what? He got a few. He got fourth. Uh, and then there was uh, four players all uh, tied for fifth, including uh, Patrick Reed. 
Um, best of the Aussies? Best of the Aussies was uh, Scott Hend, tied 32nd, uh, Maverick Ancliffe, 40, 42nd. And I think probably the most impressive performance of the week for me was, uh, who didn't win, obviously, and wasn't up in the top of the leaderboard, but Minwoo Lee, opening round 76, shot the same score mm. that Sergio shot in the first round. Obviously, then we had the Queen's passing. We, we haven't actually mentioned that. This came on the Thursday evening of the golf tournament. So they actually suspended the first round play. Yep. And then they had to go back out on, they cancelled Friday, mm. um, you know, in, um, in honour of, of Her Majesty. They went back out on the Saturday and then, interestingly enough, the tournament became a 54-hole tournament, which, you know, there were so many jokes going around about being a 54-hole now <laughs> instead of 72. Oh, but one we, of those live guys were at the pointy end. Yeah. Yep. Well, they wouldn't, we weren't going to get worn out as, uh, no. as, as Rory mentioned. But then uh, Minwoo Lee comes out and shoots 62 in the second round to make the cut because it was a very low cut. It was mm. about a four-under cut, I believe. And that was just 14 an shot turnaround. Incredible effort by him. Good yeah. Callaway man too, uh, is uh, Minwoo Lee. Yeah, but he, he ended up finishing tied 42nd along with uh, Adam Scott, uh, Scrivener. Uh, miscut was uh, Herbert and Ormsby. So, um, you know, a solid week for the Aussies, but not quite. Not quite up the top, unfortunately. A little bit of controversy around Sergio Garcia. We will talk about that. And also the Live Quest to play a tournament in Australia next year after Cameron Smith, uh, as we know, uh, Mark Leishman joined that tour. Um, that has hit a little bit of a roadblock. We'll give you the latest on that. This is Off the Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern on SEN. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick Ahern and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, we've only just scratched the surface, as we tend to do, given all the doings that are afoot in the world of golf, Nick Ahern. But uh, we've just been speaking about Shane Lowry and what a performance he was. And if you haven't had a listen, jump on the DP World Tour Twitter. They actually had him mic'd up um, for the last little bit um, of, of the tournament. And I think it'll be pretty easy for you to figure out why he's such a uh, a popular player on the tour. He's incredibly funny, engaging, and and quite endearing too. Um, we might even get a bit of it up to play um, before we finish out tonight because it was a great insight, I think, into who he is as a person, not just uh, as a golfer. And clearly the respect between him and Rory McIlroy was a beautiful thing, the way they embraced it at the end of the tournament, the way that he even spoke about Rory when Rory was still making the charge to beat him. Yeah, no, exactly. And the way Rory said afterwards, you know, I was really disappointed to win. However, it doesn't hurt as much because one of my great friends happened to win. So if he's going to lose to anyone, well, he was happy to lose to Shane. So let's have a, a let's ha Actually, let's have a little listen. Okay, okay. No. He's 14 under. Oh. <laughs> That'd be embarrassing. <laughs> How Rory's put missed. Jesus. Bullet. Five iron. And it was like, it was a bit of a tweener. I had to hit it like. We'll have one tonight. 6.45 I'm going to pick up at in the morning. Oh my God. <laughs> my favourite place in the world. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> no time. <laughs> Hold on to her. It's heavy. Jesus. Huh? Only as heavy as us. <laughs> I love that. The more, more of that, the better. Absolutely. And him and his caddy, I mean, 
If it ever looks like a father and son, by yeah. the way, he's caddies like a spitting image of him just with grey hair. So it's a it's a brilliant combination, those two. So from one of the most popular players on tour to a man that the headline on the Fox Sports website is took a giant leap towards becoming the most hated man in world golf over the weekend. They're talking about Sergio Garcia. So he was one of 17 live golfers who uh, a legal decision in the UK allowed them to play in this $11.7 million event. Um, Shane, by the way, 1.3 million euro for, for winning that. Um, he has an opening round of... A 76, yeah, four over par, same as Min Woo Lee. Mm. And obviously with the Queen's passing, the Friday was cancelled. And he decides to take off, basically. And all of a sudden, he hasn't told or given the courtesy to the European tour saying, look, I'm, I'm withdrawing. He's just taken off. And all of a sudden, he's shown being photographed and interviewed at a Texas Longhorns game, Texas versus Alabama in the US at a college football game. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I got, a, I mean, I've known Sergio for over 20 years. He was on the European tour and I started over there as a young player. And I've always liked Sergio. I've always got on really well with him, but that that's possibly one of the most unprofessional things I've ever seen. It was, it was really, really poor form by him. Does it surprise you? Well, given what's happened to him over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, um, it's not that surprising anymore. I mean, there has been very interesting instances with Sergio. One of one of note was actually at Wentworth uh, several years ago when he kicked his shoe off his foot down the fairway. It was a bizarre thing. He spat in the hole other times. He's destroyed a bunker, funnily enough, in a tournament, and that happened to be in Saudi Arabia of all places. That wasn't a good look at all. So there's very much a petulant side to him, and he had a bit of an argument going on several years ago with Padraig Harrington, and Padraig's one of the nicest guys on tour, mm. and you get on his wrong side, there's something going on there. So... I'm not sure what's going on with Sergio, but um, it was and, it was very poor form for him not to um, to continue playing. And one of the people that John Rahm was really upset on behalf of was his very good friend um, and fellow Spaniard, and fellow Spaniard to, to Sergio as well, was Alfredo Garcia Heredia, who is trying to keep his DP card, as you mentioned before, 134th. Um, that denied him and Sergio playing, one of the, being one of the players that live... Uh, from the live players that were able to play because of that court decision, it cost him the chance to be able to play in that event. Um, yeah, well, and, and, and the thing that Sergio said before the event, he said in quotes, this is what he said. He said, what I'm going to do is support the European tour. That's all I can do. Whoever doesn't like it, that's too bad for them. So that was his quote before the tournament started. I'm here to support the European tour. But to do what he did was one of the worst things I've, I've really seen as a as a professional golfer. Your commitment when you enter a golf tournament is to give your utmost 100% effort to play that tournament to the best of your ability and to pull out without reason. I mean, he didn't even cite an illness or injury or anything like that. There are four or five other players that did pull out as well, that did withdraw. Some of them maybe pulled the heart muscle, but they did They did actually comment, okay, I'm injured or, or whatever. Sergio, he just took off. And it was, as I say, it was, it was pretty ordinary form. We spoke last week about what some of the positives could be when we're having this conversation in regards to the, the live tour and what are, what could some of the benefits be? So we all understand um, the uh, opposition to it. We've, we've delved into that uh, at great detail and at great length. Some of the positives we looked at from an Australian point of view would be bringing the tour to Australia, which the moment Cam Smith signs on and, and Mark Leishman as well. And with Greg Norman being at the helm of this, you just thought it was a fait accompli. Mm. 
Um, so then the conversation was after Greg Norman said he has sent people to scout out the locations. Um, they were believed we believed it was going to be in Sydney the first tournament, and then would there be one in Queensland, and then would there be one in Victoria so that Cam could get a home tournament and and Mark could get a home tournament. Well, reports um, from Fox Sports uh, and the Sydney Morning Herald are that Royal Sydney was the preferred destination, and they flatly refused even to have the live people come through the door, let alone host the tournament there, if the reports are to be believed. How big a setback is this? And are you surprised that Royal Sydney... And you can understand why that's the destination because it's proximity to the harbour. It's in quite an affluent area of Sydney. So visually, it'll be quite stunning. And the course itself is as elite as it gets. Were you surprised? Not really. No, I mean, Royal Sydney is one of those golf clubs. It's kind of one of the iconic clubs in Australia. Mm. It has that name. It's held Australian Opens, big tournaments. One thing about the club is they do have some renovations plans. And maybe they just thought, well, that's not going to work in conjunction with that. Or... They just feel that they don't want any tournament golf there in, in the foreseeable future or they have a maybe a bit of a, you know, a, a policy with the Saudi Arabians that they're not quite in, in agreement with everything going on. I don't actually know. Um, I've heard other courses, you know, thrown up such as uh, Coolum, uh, you know, where Clive Palmer is. that is still up. going? Are the dinosaurs uh, <laughs> still roaming wild? Well, I'm not sure. I haven't been I, up there for several I years. I have. It's one of my favourite courses. Yeah, but, I uh, did play there a few years ago when I was living in Brisbane and i got to say um, hmm. it didn't seem to be presenting in the manner that no. maybe it once It had gone did. a long way downhill from what I've heard, yeah, in oh, the day. But I, yeah. have, <laughs> I have heard it's, it's on the comeback trail and, in, and the condition of it is improving um, month by month. Uh, the other courses I have heard uh, was the Grand, but um, someone told me the other day, no, that's definitely off the table. Uh, Sanctuary Cove, possibly, is now, this is one. I've heard this as well, and, and they have just upgraded... Um, is it the lakes course? Uh, yes, they have the lakes and the pines there. I, I think believe. they've upgraded the lakes, or maybe it's it's one of them, maybe even both of them. But they've gone, they've just undergone a significant upgrade there. And 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 I would imagine when you do something like that, you want to get as many people through the door to start, you know, uh, recouping some of the money that you would have spent to bring that tour. Um, yeah. I, I could I could see that happening, and being that Cam Smith's a Queenslander, it's a, he's from Brizzy Boy, but it's just down the road on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's true, and 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 that, and that's what you what you almost need is one of those resort type facilities to mm. host this tournament, because because that's where they're kind of going with all these events on the Live Tour. They're more, uh, it's it's not the elite of golf clubs, but it's it's kind of that resort sort of style feel to it, and uh, and I think that could be a, a definite good venue for it, and um, you know whether it happens or, or when it'll happen next year in Australia, I'll be fascinated to. Uh, I'll be fascinated to see, you know, where it does go to. But it's it's always throwing up some an interesting comments. Um, you know, the the whole live golf actually from from last week's event. One of my favourite comments. There's a guy called Tweeter Alice. You know, Peter Alice, the the legendary uh, commentator over in the UK, had that voice. He passed away several years ago. But there's a guy who's sort of taken on the persona Tweeter Alice. If you follow him on Twitter, he is fascinating. He said. Pat Perez is dumbfounded. He hasn't won $750,000 with Gooch and Reed finishing in the top five at Wentworth. It was, it was a great call. <laughs> Pat Perez didn't even play, but he, anyway, it was just a, it was a brilliant call from Twitter. Alice. And this is uh, taking aim one. at the fact that players are winning substantial money oh, despite yeah. playing poorly, given that the team event sees that uh, if they can finish, if with their teammates have a good run, then they'll get paid anyway. And there's no one that's cashing in more than Pat Perez in that regard. I think you gave us his stats last week, yeah, didn't was... you? That he hasn't really 
Oh, he's won at about two and a half million in live golf events so far, and about three hundred thousand of that has been from individual play. <laughs> <laughs> and this anyway. is this is the idiosyncrasies of this tour. Um, Greg Norman told Fox Sports he said that when it comes to bringing a tournament to Australia, it's a market that I think is being abused to some degree and unused on many fronts. My goal is to to bring what I can to the Australian market for the Australian fan base who absolutely love Liv's product. The Australian market would embrace us like no other. So we're going to come to Australia sometime in the near future. I can't give you any timelines and we will give our product to the Australian people. That's Greg. He's just telling it how it is. I I think this will be one of the most fascinating. The pub test, you know, the the old saying, does it pass the pub test? Mm. Every time we've got calls on it, it seems to sit in favour of the decision that Cam and Mark made. People, uh, golf fans upset that the PGA Tour has, for by and large, ignored Australia. They've weakened Australian golf. These are the comments that get made. So it'll be a great test to see how many people rock up, uh, how it's covered, how it's broadcast. It will be the ultimate pub test in real time. So uh, I, I can't wait to see exactly how that all unfolds. Again, whether you're for it or against it, It'll be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great for golf in a way. I mean, in the short term, it's not because obviously it's fracturing the game and everyone's mm. you know, getting some very hostile opinions on it. But I think in the long term, it's really, it's rejuvenating golf in that way. And it's just, it's always in the conversation. Mm. It's why we're talking about it for half the show. It'll find, a, it, this will all settle. It just depends on how many years, the lawsuits and everything like that. And when the dust does settle and when accommodations are reached and when it all finds, when the planets sort of realign, it's sort of like when tectonic plates shift, everything will settle again, but you'll never forget the actual earthquake mm. uh, and it will be forever remembered, but maybe just maybe after it things will be better than they've ever been before well, for the professional golfer. Oh, it already is. Uh, for, for all the players. They're well, all, that's what we spoke about last week. They're all playing for PGA more money. PGA Tour players are, are better off now. Yeah, they're all playing for more money. Yep. But the top players are being given so much, and then the middle ground players are also making more. We've got to find out how other Aussies have been doing abroad. Uh, there's an exciting new tournament. Uh, speaking of tournaments coming to the shores of Australia, you've got an exclusive to break on off the tee, Nick Ahern. I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll get Nick's knowledge and uh, Nick will tell us about one of his favourite courses from around the world that you can play on the simulator, the best golf simulator, by the way, at Big Swing Golf. This is Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick Ahern and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Uh, let's talk President's Cup, please, Nick Ahern. Another, um, well, time-honoured and incredibly uh, well-followed, prestigious. Um, it means so much to the players to be involved with it. Again, this is uh, another um, area of golf that's been disrupted pretty substantially by Liv, but there were some announcements made this week for President's Cup. They were, yes. The US team captain, Davis Love the third uh, had his six picks come in. So his automatic selections who had qualified through the regular season were already Scotty Scheffler, Xander Schauffele, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Sam Burns, and Patrick Cantlay. So they've, I mean, that, that's a pretty strong lineup as we go, you know, the yep. top, top six for them. Um, and they're but, all staying. <laughs> and they're all staying. Exactly. The U.S. hasn't been weakened that much, to be honest. I mean, thinking about it, there might have been DeChambeau, uh, 
uh, Brooks Kepka, but I don't think he's playing Dustin well Johnson enough. Dustin Johnson was still top 20. And yep. Taylor Gooch. They're, they're, they're really the ones because Taylor's yeah. playing some really Patrick good Patrick Reed probably not. Mm, I don't think he'd get a pick. <laughs> anyway, Captain America, that is. Okay, so the picks for uh, Davis, he's gone with, again, pretty obvious choices because I was looking at this lineup earlier and I thought, well, I could pick these six pretty easy. It was Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Max Homer, Billy Horschel, Cameron Young, and Kevin Kisner. Now, the only one who missed out through injury was Will Zalatoris. He, he would have mm, been a pick as well. Absolutely. But, uh, but Kisner's the only interesting one for me. He's a bit of a... He's a bit of a bulldog, um, you know, loves a bit of a fight. The mm. only thing for him is the course doesn't suit him because Quail Hollow, where they're playing the tournament, is a very long golf course. Uh, but I don't think it'll matter any, anyway because the U.S. just have such a strong team. And Cameron Young is, is a great endorsement for the year that he's had oh. uh, early in his career, uh, second to um, Cam Smith uh, at the Open Championship, and he's had regular top five, top ten finishes yeah. and performed well in big events too. Yeah, and he's a long hitter too. I mean, he's had seven top threes this year. Um, just an, an incredible year for him. What about the internationals? Well, the internationals, uh, Trevor Immelman sort of had his, uh, had a lot of his players taken away, unfortunately yes. from him. But so his team is made up of, uh, Matsuyama, Sungjae Im, Tom Kim, who's a young phenom, uh, who's been playing some incredible golf, Corey Connors, Adam Scott, and Mito Pereira, six really solid players there. Mm. But when you look at the U S top six, it doesn't really match up that well. On paper. On yeah. paper. Uh, his picks were K.H. Lee, Sebastian Munoz, Christian Bezadenhut, Cam Davis, the Aussie, Siwoo Kim, and Taylor Pendrith. As we spoke about last week, I think Lu- Lucas Herbert and... He is stiff. Yeah, That's really also, stiff. And also Ryan Fox. I mean, uh, it was, it was a, bit of a bit of a rough drop for those two. But, mm. you know, we're looking at it. Who would you drop? And it'd be a tough one. But I was thinking Taylor P- Pendrith, you know, he, he sort of... He's 114 in the world, but he is a real bomber and he's been playing well of late. Mm. So it was hard for Immelman to go past him. And generally in the President's Cup, which is a strange thing to say for the international team, they don't really look abroad. They look for the players that are playing in the US, which is why Cam Davis and all these other players got the pick. Now, the international team are going into this as possibly the greatest underdogs in the history of sport. So, Well, Cam, Adam Scott has said this President's Cup team has to shoot for one of the biggest upsets ever. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I played in two President's Cups and, and we matched up pretty decent. You know, we had pretty strong teams and I'm not saying I was one of the strong players, but we had some heavyweights in our teams, you know, Ernie Els and uh, Angel Cabreras and Michael Campbell's and so on and How'd so you go? forth. Uh, we unfortunately lost both times. Um, I, I had a decent record. I, I probably lost more than I won, but I had so much fun. It who'd, was, you play, who, who'd you take down? Oh, well, I lost both my singles matches, funnily enough, uh, but they just played so well. Mm. One of them was, was Davis Love the Third, funnily enough. <laughs> I think he shot eight under against me that day, so that's a tough one. But uh, Peter Lonard, myself, Jeff Ogilvie and myself, we teamed up, and Tim Clark and myself, we, we all had victories. And mm. uh, it was a lot of fun, the President's Cup. But um, there's a lot of calls going around at the moment as to maybe they should change the format, maybe get the women golfers involved. And, and I can see that in the future. Mm. I think that might be something of interest because it – if this is a shellacking, which I have a feeling it might be, um, this event's going to go downhill pretty quickly. Let's talk uh, Aussies abroad before you take us to your big breaking news story. Mm. Yes, it is big, by the way. <laughs> oh, uh, stay I, I, tuned. I, stay tuned, yeah. I think the best of the Aussies, uh, you have to look to the LPGA Tour where Sarah Kemp had a top 10 finish, an eighth for her. She's still looking for that maiden win. But they were playing the Kroger Queen City Championship in you know, higher American Alley Ewing one by a shot over there, uh, played an amazing round of golf, five straight birdies on the back nine. 
From the Aussies, as I said, uh, Sarah Kemp, 8th, Hannah Green, 24th, and a rare miscut for Minji Lee. She doesn't miss too many cuts. No. Yeah, and I know she was injured a couple of, a few weeks ago and hasn't really gained, regained that form. Still sitting at number two in the world, so she's okay. Uh, on the Champions Tour, Irishman Padraig Harrington, I was talking about him earlier, had his third win for the year. An amazing effort by Padraig. So mm. Playing some great golf, another Irishman, so the double for the Irish, I guess you could say, of the Aussies. Stuart Appleby was best at tied 41st. And I want to mention the European Q School. Connor McKinney, a young West Australian amateur from Joondalup, went wire to wire in Portugal to win the first stage. Now, Q School, qualifying school for the European Tour, has three stages. This was only the first stage, but he, he won in dominant fashion, winning by five shots. Also, another fellow West Aussie, Braden Becker, got through as well. So the, the second stage starts early November. There are various Aussies around the world trying to get through to that second stage. We had... One of the first stages here, actually, in Melbourne, down in Rosebud, uh, which James Marcassani won and, and a few others moved on as well. So lots happening uh, on the European tour and trying to get that card to get on the DP World Tour. And who knows, it may lead to the PGA Tour with the access they're being given there. All right, let's get to the big breaking news. Okay, so added to the PGA Tour of Australasian schedule is the Monday, Tuesday after the Australian Open. So December the 5th and 6th, we're going to have a tournament called the Cathedral Invitational. David and Sonia Evans, uh, who are the owners of Cathedral Country Club, which I've been very fortunate to become a member of, uh, Mm. are putting on their own Augusta Masters style event. And it's an invitation only event. I'm on the tournament committee. So we've, we've sent out the invitations. We've had some high-profile names. Wait, well, let me already. check my email. <laughs> let me check my email. Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. I don't Nothing. think you got one. No, unfortunately. But, but I, have, uh, I have had the pleasure of playing there twice. Uh, thanks to Hutchie. Oh, beautiful. Who's a member there? There, it is the most incredible course uh, that is. I've played. The story behind its creation uh, is an amazing one. Um, and and you are in a better place than me to tell it. But I'm always fascinated to hear it every time we go up there, how this course even came into being. One of only mm. two privately owned golf courses in Australia. Yeah, so David uh, and Sonia Evans, you know, David's had this vision for a long time to create a, a, a unique member experience mm. and, and build his own golf course, basically, taking the best of what he's seen throughout the world and then uh, moulding that with the, you know, lovable laid-back Aussie lifestyle, so mm. to speak. And and the golf course he's created, designed by Greg Norman and built by their team, is is just something to behold. And, yep. and this event, you know, when, when it becomes televised and aired, which it will be slightly after in a, like a highlights package, I think it'll be... It'll be something that's just incredible. I mean, It'll be visually spectacular it, it because the be. course itself is visually astounding. Like it is astounding mm. how it's, beautiful the course is. And it's kind of one of those, it's a bit of gust of light because it's hard to, you know, you're only allowed to play there if you're invited by a member. But so on the second day, we're going to invite the public to come in and watch and, mm. and take part and, and see Thought what the Cathedral's Lake all Yildon. about. I love the story that it's basically he just would go out the backyard and be hitting balls and, and sort of think, oh, that, that could be a hole there. And then he went up a little trail and there's this beautiful par three on the back nine that you hit up from high down into just a little clearing in mm. in, the, in a ravine. And you, and it, and it, and it, you hit down to this little par three clearing. And that was the second place that he would go. And then I love in the story that then it goes, so then I rang Greg Norman and got him to design a golf course <laughs> as you do, as you do. Well, yeah. And, and that particular par three you're talking about, it, it plays about 140 meters. Yeah. So we've put a back tee in there and it plays about 180 meters. Now, oh, wow. So. And that little green yep. you were talking about, that's pretty hard to hit There's these a, days. There's a par five from the top of a, a quite a, a like a, a substantial rise when the hole before you hit up almost on a 45 degree angle to yeah. a green that's, and then you play down into a valley. 
You do. Uh, on a par five. And then the next hole you hit across that fairway. Um, it's... It's, it's, it's something it's, very unique. It's yeah. very special. No, it is a very it, special place. It is. and, and who's, can, who's invited then? Can you well, tell us that? I, at this stage, I can't. The, the, oh. the, the tournament will announce that in due course, but we've had some already some pretty high-profile commitments, and we're very happy with how the, sh- the shape of the field is coming together. I will say this. There is one. I'm playing. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. Already we're an elite field assembled. I'm coming out of retirement. (laughs) Love it. Um, It'll be broadcast on Fox Sports as well, from what I understand, uh, which is really exciting too. There we go. Big bombshell news dropped by Nick Ahern on Off the Tee. When we come back, uh, Nick's knowledge, his tip of the week, and then he'll take you to a course that he has played many times that you can play at Big Swing Golf on the simulator. That's next on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Each week, we're very lucky that uh, thanks to our very good friends at Big Swing Golf, indoor golf, real fun, fast. These are the best golf simulators in the business. They're up and down the eastern seaboard. Just head to bigswinggolf.com.au to find the one closest to you. 84 different courses you can play, including some of the very best in the world that you've played at, Nick Ahern. And each week, we get to tap in to your recollections and knowledge of the course before we head to Big Swing Golf to play them. Where are you taking us this week? We're going to head to a little bit further up the road from the Wentworth, a couple of, about three hours north is the Belfry, which is uh, in the middle of England there, just not far from Birmingham. I've played there many times throughout my European career. It's actually where I found my caddy, Wilbur, for, uh, for my entire career. What, where, where'd you find him? Well, what happened was my wife caddied uh, the first two days, and this was in my first year and a half or so on the European tour, and she said, look, if we're going to uh, remain married... <laughs> Uh, we need to find you a full-time caddy. Halfway through a tournament. <laughs> Halfway through the it. tournament. Made the cut. <laughs> and uh, Wilbur uh, had, had finished with his player. And uh, has uh, I said, right, okay, let, let's get you on the bag. And, and, and we never looked back, basically. And anyway. How uh, many years together? 13 years together. Unbelievable. So it was a great career. But the Belfry is it's, it's one of these venues where they've had Ryder Cups, many Ryder Cups there throughout the years. Famous scene of Paul McGinley in 2002 holding the holding the winning putt. Look that up on YouTube. It's a fascinating um, moment in the history of golf. I think Seve uh, back in the day. There's a short par four, the tenth hole. When you get on this simulator, you can drive this hole par four, tenth hole. You got a creek in front of it. You want to try and avoid that. You got overhanging trees. It's a great tee shot. Seve hit this towering cup driver onto the middle of the green. And then there's the 18th hole, which I think is a real standout. You've got to hit, you've got a man up and you've got to really hit this tee shot over the corner. You've got a bunker to avoid, a lot of water all around this hole. And it's one of those holes which is very iconic in the world of golf because of the Ryder Cup. So when you stand in the middle of that fairway and you've got this second shot into the green, just remember all those great players that have hit wonderful shots there to win tournaments. So you can relive and create your own incredible deeds like the heroes of Ryder Cups past at bigswinggolf.com.au. Indoor golf, real fun, fast. It is a great place to go for your work events, just to hang out with friends and family. There's leagues, there's coaching and 84 and more of the best courses around the world that you can play in the very best simulator uh, in the business. Thanks to bigswinggolf.com.au. How to play your best golf. Every week, uh, Nick Ahern, for free, provides us with uh, an insight into um, his book and to help you play your best golf. We tap into Nick's knowledge. Uh, Nick, Shane Lowry said, and I want to get you to explain this to us because there is a, a section in your book about it. 
he said that he spoke to his coach uh, before the final day of the Wentworth that he won and said, I just need to go out there and play golf, um, which thinks like a Captain Obvious statement. He said, I'm it playing is. the best golf. All I need to do is just go out there and play my golf. What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, he, he said, I need to allow myself to play my golf, my, my, my best golf, as you said there, Sam. And really what that's about, and I, there is a chapter in the book, it's called Play Like Your Personality. And what that means is don't become someone else on the golf course. Now, Shane Larry is a real laid back, gregarious sort of character who, who loves life. And when he plays his best golf, that's the sort of way he goes about things on the golf course. I mean, we saw the interviews afterwards. And even just while he was walking out on the golf course, if you did watch the tournament, he's always chatting to his caddy, having a bit of a laugh, getting around the golf course. So for everyone out there, when you do go out and play, however you are in everyday life, whether you're a real chatty or a... Uh, a big personality, be like that on the golf course. Whereas if in the opposite, if you're very studious and you're quite methodical about how you go everyday life, be that way on the golf course as well. Don't try and do anything different. Play like your personality and you will play better golf. Uh, and he certainly did. Uh, he had an eagle and five birdies in the closing round 65, a 17 under tournament to finish one shot clear of John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. And uh, those are two top 10 players in the world right now. And you've got to be your very best to beat them. And, uh, he certainly was. How to play your best golf, uh, Nick Ahern's book. I did put a video up on my Instagram of me reading it to my son, Charlie, the first time I've ever read a book to him, and it was yours. It, it was a bit windy on one of those videos, right? It certainly was. <laughs> uh, that happens on the golf course, as you said. Uh, mate, big weekend of golf coming up. Live Chicago, the 16th of September. I'm sure there'll be controversy and plenty to discuss out of that. The Italian Open starts Thursday at Marco Simone Golf Course in Rome, where they'll play the Ryder Cup next year. The LPGA is heading to the Portland Classic, where Hannah Green won in 2019. So that and a whole lot more to discuss next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. If you missed any of tonight's show, sen.com.au to download the podcast. Until next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.